Yeah? Is that right? Good. Good stuff. Shift out of here. Don't knock it flying. <laughs> on, um, on the 1st of December last year, just about just over seven months ago, um, at four, t- four o'clock in the morning, I was woken up and God, I, I, I sleep really well and um, I never normally wake up. Occasionally I've woken up and God's spoken to us in the past. And I woke up and uh, it's a bit strange. I said, God, do you want to speak to us? And uh, God started speaking to me and he gave me a vision. And that's what I want to talk about today. And he came in power and spoke to us. And that's what I want to talk about today and share about and what God's been doing since then. But I want to go back. Steph's asked us to tell, me, tell you a bit about myself. And I want to just bring it up to that stage and then show what God told me. And then I'm going to then um, share about what I feel God's speaking to us about um, and go from there. And I share this with the church at home in Dartford as well. So uh, it's just good. So I, um, I grew up in a, a Christian family. Um, and uh, I became a Christian when I was about six or seven. There was a uh, like a evangelistic weekend at the at the church for the kids, and I became a Christian then. I grew up, got baptised when I was about fifteen or sixteen, and, um, and God was really real to us. God done sort of a lot in my life and changed things. And then as I got to my late teens, early twenties, I just saw things going sort of on outside the church, and I was brought up. And my father was very strict um, with us and um, very disciplined. And uh, I looked around and started seeing what these people were doing outside, and they seemed to be having a good time. And I started drifting away, and I started, you know, spending a lot of time in clubs and, um, and drinking, and um, just, just living my life as I wanted to. I was looking for something. I thought, you know, let's have a look and see what's out there. And I went completely off the rails and, you know, and just was out for myself, just basically living for myself. I was in a nightclub one, one night, I used to go to quite a lot, and I was even standing on like a stage and overlooking, overlooking the nightclub, and God met with us even then, when I was at my, the lowest point, if you like, in my life. And God said to me, here you are, if you like, at what you think is the highest point, you're doing everything you want to do. You know, every single thing, you didn't think, I didn't think of anyone else, to be honest, I just, it was just me. I had my own business, I used to work, I used to work to earn money just to go out just go out, enjoy myself. But God said to me, he said, look, here you are at this point in your life and you're doing exactly what you think you want to do and you're sort of, you know, you're selfish but you still haven't found fulfilment. He said, you still haven't found fulfilment and there's still that gap in your life you're trying to fill. And uh, God, you know, just spoke to us even at that time in my life. And then soon after that, I met a girl, um, Wendy, who I ended up marrying. And uh, God just just started, um, she was, well, she started meeting with her really because at the end of the day she started getting quite upset and uh, I didn't know what was wrong and after a while she told me and she said, I'm scared of dying. Now the problem I had was I knew the answer to her problem but I was nowhere near God at the time and uh, God just... Um, just I, had to, I was working with Paul Brown. I don't know if any of you know Paul Brown at Bermondsey Church. I was working with Paul Brown at the time. He was a Christian. And, uh, and I knew Denise. And I said to Paul, I said, can Wendy come and see you? 
And Wendy went and saw Denise and she became a Christian and joined the church. And I used to go along. I started going along with Wendy to the church, but I'd have nothing to do with it, really. I wouldn't sing because I didn't want to be a hypocrite. At the end of, you know, when I left the church where I was being a hypocrite and I didn't want that, I thought, no, if I'm coming back to God, then I want it, you know, proper. Otherwise, I won't bother coming back at all. And, uh, and then six months after going to this church, I recommitted my life and God started, you know, really just uh, working in me. I, um, God started, you know, just started doing a new thing in me. I joined the church, we got married, started having children and, uh, and they're all here today, which is great. And God just started moving in me, filling the Holy Spirit and started using me. And then after a while, you know, things came along. We, you know, I had hardships at work and, you know, the business was going through a hard time. And, you know, bringing up young children, some was quite hard work. And, you know, and, you, and I started putting, I was going to church, um, but putting sort of my, the actual, you know, participation in the church life a bit on the back burner. And sort of, I got, what I'd say is I got comfortable in the church. I'd go to the church and I'd be there and the children would come along and we'd have a good time, but I'd never give anything. I'd hardly give anything at all, you know what I mean? I wasn't letting the Holy Spirit just work in my life and yet let the, the gifts come out in the church. And that's what was happening. And, um, and then four years ago, I uh, got an opportunity um, in my business to go to Spain for a year uh, to work. And um, God started, at this time, God started challenging me about being comfortable in the church and the, the, you know, how basically useless and effective I was being by just being a comfortable member of the church and just sitting back and not giving into the body. And um, God started speaking to me about this and uh, I felt it was right. I went to, went to Spain with the family and we went there and at this time, I was given a, a Bible. Someone I built, a, I renovated a house and I sold it. And the person that was buying it was a Christian. They gave me a Bible, a two-year Bible. You know, I read it over two years. And God started speaking to me and I, I just started reading it. It gave me a real heart for, and a passion for reading the Bible. And I went to uh, Spain and God started speaking to us there. Because I was there, I was away from the church. And God started saying to me, he said, you know, you've got to make your decision now. You know what I mean? You can go to Spain, you can have a great time and just sit back and, you know, forget about church. The closest decent church was an hour away from us, an hour drive away from us. We had to go up the coast one way or the other way, and it was an, an hour away. But we used to go to the church every other week, um, sort of, you know, joining there, and God just challenged me about what, what he wanted to do in my life. We came back to England just after about 14 months. I felt it was right that we came back, and God started speaking to us. God, uh, as I was reading the Bible, I've got a real passion. God has given me a real passion for reading the Bible. I just, um, I just love reading it. <laughs> when I'm working at home in the office, sometimes I have trouble putting it down because I just can't stop reading because God speaks to me so much out of the Word of God. And it's, uh, it's just fantastic. And God started challenging me and giving me a real hunger for spiritual gifts started giving me a real hunger for that relationship with him. And he just started um, really doing this work in me. Um, I don't know how many of you know, Angela Kem came to the church based at Bermondsey. Um, real a woman used of God in mighty ways. And uh, we had a meeting and uh, some of the leaders that were invited to the meeting after, after, in the evening. 
And I went, went there, and uh, she said, right, I want to pray for people. And I want to pray for people, and who uh, wants to be prayed for. And they said, and a few people, yeah, said, I want to be prayed for, I want to be prayed for. And there's a room, I should think there's probably about 30 people in there, roughly. And um, she prayed for about three people, and they had prophesied over, and then she turned around and said, I want to pray for you. And she pointed direct at me. And they prayed for me, and... Uh, Many of the leaders and that had prophecies for me and words for me. And I went out of that meeting thinking, if God is doing this, I'm going to search even harder because I want to be used by God. God has got a passion for me and he wants that relationship with me and I want to be used by God. And God kept on, you know, kept speaking to me. I was sharing in the church and really, you know, bringing stuff. And uh, one day... Um, Jane and Al, the lead elder in the, in the uh, church, Jane stood up at the church and she, and, uh, she was just sharing. And she'd been to the, uh, the lead elders weekend away and away had Stefford preached. And God said, in our church, we're, we had a prophecy early on, early on, early days of the church that we would be a resourcing church, that we would be sending people out from our church and, you know, providing for other people. And that's what, you know, the church done. We've got people all over the place. You know, Steph was there as a young Christian and we've got people in China and Paul Brown in Bermondsey and there's, you know, people up north and all over the people. You know, God has, you know, just sent people out and just used them. And God really started challenging me that day and how God had used these people, these mighty men and women of God and just taken hold of them and just used them. And God started really challenging me about that. And that night I went to bed just as normal. And then at four o'clock in the morning, God woke us up. And my desire was to be used by God in mighty ways. You know what I mean? God was giving me a hunger. It says, eagerly desire spiritual gifts. And I wanted this. And I had this hunger that God had given me. His Holy Spirit was doing a work in me. And I wanted, I heard about all these people. I thought, yeah, I want that. And God woke me up in that morning. At four o'clock, I said, God, do you want to speak to me? And I had a vision. I looked on the ground and laid out on the ground. There was all folders, just A4 ring binder folders with all paper in. Loads of them all on the ground. And he said, do you want me to use you in mighty ways? And I said, yeah, I do. And at that time, the presence of God came. I've never known the presence of God. It was an awesome holy presence that I was in. I was awake and just had this vision and I was sitting in bed and God was just there and I've never known the presence of God in all my life like that. And he said to me, if you want to be used by me in mighty ways, all of these folders on the ground represent different areas of your life. And for me to use you, I need to refine each of these areas in your life with my refiner's fire. I need to refine them with fire. And I was in the awesome presence of God and God was saying, do you want me to refine your life with fire? And I was just overcome and all I could answer was, I don't know. I just didn't know whether I could have this holy God just refining me. And God continued to speak to me and he said to me, he said, yeah, but my, my, burden, my yoke is easy and my burns are light. It's Matthew 11, I think, Matthew 11, 30, I think it is. 
And uh, God started, you know, speaking to me more. And I said, yeah, but what about my family? What about what I'm doing now? What about my wife? And God said, when I work in you, I work in your wife too. I work in Wendy and I'll change her because my Holy Spirit would do a work in her. And he said to me, I want you to challenge people. I want you to challenge people when, they, when you see a need for the Holy Spirit in their life and from Jesus to do a work in their life. And God continued to ask me, do you want me? And all I could say was, I don't know. All I wanted to do was go back to sleep. To be honest with you. I was in the prayer. It sounds strange and it sounds, you know what I mean? You think, if God was meeting, why on earth did you want to go back to sleep? But I don't understand it. And I said this to Steph and it's just, I was just, God was there in such a way. God, uh, and God said, I want you to write something down. I said, I just want to go to sleep. God. He said, no, I want you to get up and go and write something down. And I, uh, and I got up and went downstairs. He said, some of the things you're going to have to do if you want me to refine you and use you are going to be hard. And he said, you get up and write, go and write this down. I went downstairs. And God said to me, he said, write down refiner's fire. He said, lay yourself open to God, your complete life, each area of your life's open before God. One thing I missed as well before, God emphasised that one of the things he wanted me to be was concentrate on was being a father. That's what he said to me. He said, I want you to concentrate on being a father. He said, I'm going to work in you. After God had told me this, I'd written things down. God asked me again, do you want it? Do you want me to refine you with fire? And at that time I said yes, and the Holy Spirit came on me in power. And then I went back to bed and went to sleep. I got up early the next morning. And I wanted to know about this refiner's fire. Um, I, started, I started looking up where it was, and the only place in the Bible, in the New International Version, that I could find refiner's fire. It talks about refiners and being refined and you know, fires and the way God uses that. But the only thing where it says refiner's fire is in Malachi 3. And I read Malachi 3 right the way that, through that morning. And this is what I want to speak about this morning. I want to speak about... Uh, what God spoke to me. I believe it's not just for me. I believe it's other people. I believe it's for other people in church. And uh, God are challenging. And that's what I want to just uh, share about. It's in Malachi 3, reading from. If you've got your Bibles, you can follow it. It's in Malachi. Just, Malachi was a prophet. He was given a, a, it was, uh, this word he gave and a prophetic word over Israel. Because Israel was really just bringing not their best to God. They had stepped away. They weren't bringing good offerings. They were bringing animals with broken limbs and blind and all the rest of it. And God wanted them to bring their best to him. And this is, and you know, God wanted to do a work. And God started speaking to me in Malachi 3. That's what I'm going to concentrate on. Malachi 3, starting at verse 1. I will send my messenger, that's John the Baptist, who will prepare the way before me. This they're talking about Jesus coming. Then suddenly, the Lord you are seeking will come to his temple, the messenger of the covenant, whom you desire. It's talking about Jesus coming, bringing the new covenant, will come, says the Lord Almighty. But who can endure the day of his coming? Who can stand when he appears? For he will be like a refiner's fire 
or a launderer's soap. He will sit as a refiner and purify the silver. This is a launder on the um, when they launder. This was they were talking about someone that bleaches, that makes the cloth completely white. And he was talking about the refiner, the refiner's fire. As he as he purifies silver, they keep over it and keep taking out the dross and that till that it's like a mirror, and it's like to it's pure. So uh, he will purify the Levites and refine them like gold and silver. Then the Lord will have men who will. Uh, sorry, the Lord will have men who will bring offerings in righteousness and the offerings of Judah and Jerusalem will be acceptable to the Lord in the days gone by as in former years. So I will come to put you on trial. I will be quick to testify against sorcerers and adulterers, um, those who defraud labourers and their wages, who oppress the widows and the fatherless and deprive the foreigners among you of justice. But do not fear me, says the Lord Almighty. As I read Malachi 3, God said he wants a willing people in the church he can refine with fire so that he can work through them in great ways. And as they use their gifts, they have been given and are given, that will be given, will bring offerings to God. He wants to refine each area of our lives that we can do, that life so that we can not have things in our lives getting in the way. Refining our lives will not always be easy, but God knows us and how to refine us. As we submit our lives to him, some areas we think are fine, but God wants to refine all areas. Relationships, work, finance, marriage, etc., etc. All areas of our life God wants to refine. God wants to take our lives as they are in what we are doing. God wants to take us exactly as we are. He wants to take us now, as we are. How does God refine us? With fire. When he talks about refine us with fire, that's his Holy Spirit. His Holy Spirit, and this is what God wants, uh, God wants to do in us. John 14. John 14. Jesus talks about God giving us an advocate to help us and be with us forever, in his, uh, that's his Holy Spirit, who will live with us and in us. He's going to make our home with us. In, John, in chapter 14 it says about, you know, the Holy Spirit will uh, live in us, and that's the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit will be living with us and in us. He will teach us and remind us. And Jesus said it is better for us that he goes back to heaven so the Holy Spirit could come. Yeah, the work the Holy Spirit is doing in us is much better than Jesus, than he was here. And that's what Jesus wants to do. That's what the Holy Spirit is going to do in us and work through us. The Holy Spirit has been given to us and we cannot live our lives and serve God as he, as he wants us to without him filling us daily and teaching and reminding us. It's so important that we just take hold of the Holy Spirit daily and ask him to fill us daily and just use us and walk with us and make us aware of everything in our lives. So important. God wants to let the Holy Spirit to us through different ways to each area of our lives. We think that areas of our lives are in line with God's ideas, but God wants to refine all the areas. 
So we need to keep open every area to his Holy Spirit. Sometimes God wants to work on things we are not even aware of. And we may even put pride, we may have to put pride aside so that God can work in us. God has got a passion for us and God knows us best. There are areas of our lives we think they're fine. And you speak to people that are being used by God and you think they're doing great and they say, I thought I was doing great, but all of a sudden God pinpointed an area in my life you want to change that I thought was fine. And that's what God wants to do in us. God wants to take us and use us, but take every single area of our life and change it. An example of this, a situation, after God had done this in me and God was working me, I was completely open to God working in, in relationships and in all different areas. And God brought me into a situation where I was really praying um, for this person, that God would just change him. I, was, I had a right mind. I thought I had a completely right mind. And I was praying that God would actually come in into the situation that his Holy Spirit would come in and change that person. And I felt, I'm spot on. I've done it. I've done it. I'm getting the right idea of what God wants me to do. Get him involved in all the situations. Then he turned around and he said, no, hold on a second. I want you to pray that I work in your life first in this situation. I thought I was fine. But it's our attitudes towards situations. You know what I mean? It's our attitudes. Sometimes we think, yeah, we're fine. We're in the right. We haven't done anything wrong. But God wants to humble ourselves, for us to humble ourselves, yeah? To come before God and put aside our pride, which is hard sometimes. But God wants us to humble ourselves before God and just let him just use us. And this is a word that I believe... He wants to speak to us about as well today. It's the word that God given us. I believe God wants me to mention one particular area, and that is reincurring difficulties in our lives. Problems that just seem to come round and round again. And we've just accepted these, that these are part of our lives. We even say, that's just something, that's just me. That's just something I have to put up with. That's just the way I am. I'm made that way. That's just us in our relationship. That's just the way we are. You know, we've got this conflict in our relationship. But that's just the way we are. That's just our natural way we are. These could be many different areas in our life, but God wants to let his Holy Spirit change you and work in these areas. They may involve another person, but God may want to work in you first. Change our attitudes towards these areas. Deal with them differently when they happen, but do not limit what the Holy Spirit can do in you. We've got to be open. I believe God really wants to come and change real particular things that we are living with and we've accepted them. You know, and we've become Christians and God's done amazing things in our lives and he's changed us and he's done this and he's done that and he's done that. But there's particular things that said, well, sorry, that's just me. But God's saying, no, I want to come in and I want to change you. I want to just complete my work in you. And he wants you to come this morning. I believe there'll be time of prayer later. And I believe God wants to just come in and start working this and get prayed for. Ask someone that knows you, ask Steph or whatever, and just get prayed for in these areas. So I really believe this morning that God wants to take these areas. And people know, as I'm speaking, people know about these areas. I think a lot of them, a lot of us often have them, don't we? And it's just dealing with them. 
Sometimes we estimate, underestimate the Holy Spirit. In Luke 24, verse 49. says this, this is just before Jesus was going to ascend to heaven. And this is, you know, one of the last things he said to him in Luke. Verse 49, verse 24. I am going to send you what my father has promised, but stay in the city until you have been clothed with power from on high. If the almighty creator God, that created us and created the world, yeah, says that he's going to clothe us with power from on high, then that's power. That is power that he's going to clothe us with. Yeah? And as that power comes upon us, God is going to change us, he's going to gift us, and we're going to be able to use those gifts. Because it's the Holy Spirit that he's, that he's given us. Luke 4 verse 18 says this. The Spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and the recovery of sight for the blind, to set the oppressed free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favour. And that Holy Spirit is on each one of us. That's what we've got to remember. We've got to remember about the promises of God. As we read the Bible, we've got to know about the promises of God and just take hold of them and just use them. Luke 4, verse 18 and 19. That's what I just read, sorry. <laughs> Carrying on back on my notes here. Um, the Holy Spirit is God in us. If we let God refine us, how can we not be changed? No matter who we are, no matter what we've been through in our lives, no matter what our upbringing, whatever hardships we've been through, whatever struggles, all these things that we can say, yeah, but, yeah, but. When God's Holy Spirit comes upon us and goes through us, how can we not be changed? How can God not change us? Do not limit what I can do through you. That's what I believe God says. Do not limit what I can do through you. As we are given gifts and use them, God will increase these giftings in us. He gives different gifts to different people. But when God gives you a gift, it is right for you. So in the past, when you perhaps you've, you know, you feel God has given you a gift and you've, you know, tried to use that gift and you've struggled, don't get disheartened and don't think God's got it wrong. Because God has given you that gift and we need to exercise that gift and just grow. And another thing is just as well that I just want to encourage you in is encourage one another. So you, as I said, Jane Gregory before the, you know, 
our, our leaders, our lead elder's wife, she's encouraged me so much. As I started bringing words and stuff, she used to come and encourage me. And where I didn't bring for her, I'd say, why haven't you brought anything? Because when you bring it, God speaks. Encourage one another in the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Encourage one another when they speak. It's so good to get encouragement. It's often we go away and the devil goes, that weren't very good, was it really? You know, I mean, why did you bring that? No one got anything out of it. Encourage one another. As a church, we are a body. And if we are not using the gifts that we have been given, then the body is not functioning and working at its best capability. Yeah, we are a body. We are a church, as a church, we are a body. In all different parts of the body, we're all given different gifts. Yeah? And as we don't use them, then, you know, someone else might be suffering because of that. You know what I mean? Because you can bless that person with that gifting that God is giving you. Ephesians 2, verse 6 to 10. I'll just read it very briefly. I know I'm going around a few verses, but I think it's just it's what God's saying. Ephesians 2, verse 6 to 10 says this. And God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus, in order that in the coming ages he might show the incomparable riches of his grace expressed in his kindness to us in Christ Jesus. For it is by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not from yourselves, it is a gift from God, not by works so that no one can boast. For we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. If we do not let the Holy Spirit work in us and change our lives using the gifts, we are we are given, we are depriving God of showing his glory and grace. This is one thing God's been speaking to about lately, is as far as God being glorified through what we're going through. In the past, when I spoke, when I started telling you, what, you know, when I joined the church and God was using us, and I withdrew slightly. Because, you know, I was going through a few hard times, and this was happening, that was happening, and I was thinking, well, I need to step back and just try and sort these out. But God wants to work through those and then be glorified through those things. There's a, there's a man in our church that has been suffering with depression. But he's been coming to the prayer meetings, we've been praying for him, we've seen God being glorified through his situation. And we see him in church just praising God and just being used by him. Even though he's going through this and we're praying. But that is God being glorified for all situations. And that's what God wants. As we're going through hard times, don't withdraw Let God be glorified through those times. See, we're under God's grace. That's what we've got to remember in all this, yeah? Keep in mind God's grace. This is what God says. We may look at ourselves and say, we can't do that. We are not good enough, etc. But when we let the Holy Spirit work in us, then people will see the true change that Jesus, the living God, brings in our lives. See, a year ago, I was going on this, we had this uh, church, they had this run this, uh, they, the elders invited a few of us to this course as far as looking at possibly preaching or you know leading meetings and stuff like that. Fantastic they were. And I went home to Wendy after one of them last night, she said, how did he get on? I said, they're really good, but to be honest with you, I can't see me doing it. 
See, God changes us. And when God met with us, he changed my heart and he just said, no, if I start working in you, my Holy Spirit starts working, you can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. And when God started working, then I spoke the first weekend of January, and I spoke a few weeks ago, and I've come here. But see, last year I'd have said, no, not me. But God changes us, and we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. God can do amazing things in our lives. But I don't believe when God spoke to me, that's all he spoke to me about. I want to turn back to Malachi. Because I want to read on a bit. I, the Lord, do not change, so you, the descendants of Jacob, are not destroyed. Ever since the time of your ancestors, you have turned away from my decrees and have not kept them. Return to me and I will return to you, says the Lord Almighty. But you ask, how are we to return? Will a mere mortal rob God, yet you rob me? But you ask, how are we robbing you in tithes and offerings? You are under a curse, your whole nation, because you are robbing me. Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house. Test me in this, says the Lord Almighty, and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that there will not be enough room to store it. I will prevent pests from devouring your crops, and the vines in your fields will not drop their fruit before it is ripe, says the Lord Almighty. Then all the nations will call you blessed, for yours will be a delightful land, says the Lord Almighty. We often look at these verses regarding tithing, which is good and it is right, because that's what they're saying. And God will bless us materially as we tithe, that's what it says in here, and he will provide for us. And I think it's important to remember that, especially at the credit crunch time, you know I mean, when money's getting tight, it's important to keep tithing. You know what I mean? To see God's blessing coming upon us. But I want to look a bit at another part of the offerings. They talk about offerings. These offerings at this time were, t- were, a, were separate to tithes. They were like offerings. I don't know if a while ago we had the uh, general offering for Zimbabwe. Did you have it here? Yeah, you had a, and that was like one of these offerings. You know what I mean? Giving to the church for other uses. Also giving to the church for building the church and, you know, working the church and stuff like that. It's offerings over and above tithes. And I believe God was saying that as he refines us and as, he, as we bring our offerings to him, our gifts, as he gives us our gifts and we bring these offerings, as we bring our lives to him and these offerings that he wants that God will bless us and that we will build the church. See, when the Holy Spirit is working in us, we can't hold that. We can't contain it in us. There's got to be an outward effect and it will affect outside the church. So as God does this, what will the result be? See, God, we're in a position now when we've, you know, we're letting God do what he wants in us. He's gifting us. We'll bring our offerings to him with tithes. See, when we read verse 10, we read that God will open the floodgates of heaven. And all, as I said, we believe God's going to provide for us materially. 
where God wants to bless us in such a way as it says in here, verse 10. I'll read it again for you. It goes, See if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that there will not be enough room to store it. And then it goes on as well in verse 12, Then all the nations will call you blessed. I do not believe that this can be achieved in material things. I believe it's an outpouring of the Holy Spirit upon us and ultimately revival. That's what it's talking about. Because when God pours out blessing upon the land and the nations look and see that this nation is blessed, that is God's power and spiritual blessing upon us, upon the church. We cannot contain this. We will see the church grow because God is at work and he's pouring out his blessing upon us. That's what God says. That's what it says in here. That's what the Bible says. I really believe that's what God spoke to me about as well. That God wants to do this. I believe this is for everyone. I believe it's not in our own strength. Sometimes we hear God speaking to us, then we think we couldn't do that. Or I need to better my life first. Then God could do that work in me. But God says, come as you are. Jesus, when he came to the earth, remember this. Jesus came to the earth and he could not live in his own strength. Yeah? He was empowered by God. Yeah? He did not live on this earth and said, I can do it myself. No, he went to the Father. He went to the Father and he strengthened him. In Galatians, in Galatians 3 verse 3, it says, Are you so foolish after beginning with the Spirit, you are now trying to finish by human effort? So often we become Christians and we know we're saved by grace. Yeah? We know God has saved us and he's doing a great work in us. And it's not what we have done that has given us salvation. It is what Jesus has done. That God sent his son because he loved us and he wanted that relationship with us so much. God wanted that relationship with us so much. Not we wanted the relationship with him. He wanted the relationship with us. That he sent his son on the cross to die for us. And we've got to remember that we've got to go back sometimes and say, yeah, I was saved by grace, but we've now got to live the rest of our lives in grace, under grace. We can't, sometimes we turn around and say, thanks God, fantastic, right now it's my turn. (laughs) And it don't work. It don't work at all. You know what I mean? God given us his Holy Spirit and everything that he gives us in his Holy Spirit, there's everything there that we need. There's nothing missing. And if there's areas in your life for saying, well, I don't know about this, nothing, no, no, everything, God has provided everything for us. And God wants to just come and just take hold of us as we are. We're to come as we are, just as we are, for God to refine us. Because we can't make ourselves acceptable. It's impossible. The question is, do we want this? We stand before an almighty God and this he wants to do with us and through us. But we must be willing to uh, submit ourselves to God, refining fire, his Holy Spirit, so he can do these works in us needed. It won't always be easy, but remember 
His burden is light and his yoke is easy. He won't leave us in a pile of ashes. He's not going to say to us, I want to refine you with fire, then just, you know, come down with fire and we're just left in a pile of ashes and in a mess. God is a loving God. In the last seven months, God has been working at me bit by bit and he's such a loving God and a gracious God. And one thing is impressed on me so much. Instead of striving and trying to do things in our own strength, all God wants is a relationship with us. And as we concentrate on our relationship with Jesus Christ, set all the things that we're struggling with down, concentrate on our relationship with Jesus Christ, he changes us. Things perhaps I was struggling with in the past, and I've concentrated on my relationship with God, and just you know put these things aside. All of a sudden, these are just just gone. You know what I mean? I'm not saying God, we won't be tempted and we won't struggle in areas, but as our relationship with God, things just you know just go. There's an old there's, you know there's an old song about it. You know and the thing, turn your eyes upon Jesus, look full in His wonderful face. And the things of earth will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and his grace. And that's what God does. God has a passion for us. We've got to remember what God has a passion for. He has a passion for relationship with us. In Revelation, when he's, when he's speaking to the church of Laodicea, and he said to them, this is a church, he's not talking about non-Christians, he said, I stand at the door and knock. Anyone that answers the door, I will come in and dine with them and then with me. It's not I want to come in and eat at your table and you serve me. It's, I want to dine with you. I want to, have a, I want to commune with you. I want to have a relationship with you. That's what I want. That's what we've got to remember when God's refining us. God takes us and changes us and uses us in areas that we never thought possible. God knows us best. If we are willing to put our pride aside and be willing to let God change areas we find it hard to let go of, and perhaps things that are embarrassing or think, others will think that they should have been dealt with by now. That's what often happens, isn't it? We get to a certain area of Christian life and we're still struggling with something. And we have to go back and let God sort it out. And sometimes it's pride and think, I can't get up and respond to that. I can't get up and say, I struggle with that. Everyone will go, I can't believe it. But we don't, do we? Because when the grace of God is upon us, God changes us with love and a passion. And he wants to change things in your life. And you may be sitting here this morning thinking, yeah, I've got things like that. Get prayed for. Let God take hold of you and change you. Because that's what he wants to do. That's what he wants to do. His Holy Spirit wants to work in us and change us. He wants to do these great things in us. Amen. Yes.